Welcome back to the Emotional and Mental Health Summit. And as promised, I am bringing you tools for different sectors and different areas around mental and emotional health. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Finn, who's the founder of Metro Work. And this really, Mary really takes people on a journey or a pathway, as she so lovely puts it. If somebody has been out of work for a long time, Mary's there to offer a reintegrated pathway back to work. Without further ado, welcome, Mary. Thank you, Dolores, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, I do see it as a pathway. I, um, I worked in a pilot program a number of years back, and it was working with people on illness benefit to try and support them back to the workplace after an illness or an injury-related absence. And then when the time came to the project finishing, I just really wanted it to continue and um, I knew there was nobody else doing this. And during the, the three years, I, I really I witnessed the frustration that people had of wanting to go back um, and, and, and having barriers, um, sometimes perceived actual, maybe sometimes physical, um, but sometimes it, it was in their head because they had been away for so long, they just didn't know how they were going to go back to work. Um, but to give an example of one lady, she worked in a shop and she actually stopped going out in her locality because um, she believed people would, would see her out there and wouldn't believe and think that she was sick. Mm. And, and she became actually quite introverted into herself after a number of months, you know, she just said to me, I, 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 I can't go back to work, I don't know how to. So um, stories that we weave around these things and it's a phenomenal yeah. service really because like that, as you said, it's how we perceive our, our circumstance and the story that we build around that, depending on whether it be the fear or the wondering how and the just like overwhelm, I guess. And it can be so different, so unique for each person, depending on whether it's a physical or as you mm -hmm. said, emotional or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's great. It's great. It is. It's completely unique. I mean, you and I could you know, break our leg and, and recover from it very differently because of how we perceive um, the, the break and, and the impact it has on, you know, our family life and, and ourselves. Um, you know, and then how are we going to go back to work? You might work in a very physically challenging environment, whereas I might be quite sedentary and be office-based. So for me, going back after a break is not as big a deal you know, as possibly for you. So, you know, when I go into organizations, they, um, they might say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you for the complex cases, but it's, it's not about that. You know, it, it's about working with the employer to plan for the return of an employee after um, an, an absence, regardless of what the reason is, illness, injury, or, or other reasons. It might be, it might be a bereavement, um, it might be maternity leave, you know, it might be anything. <clears throat> and really just work with them to help them prepare. And it might be just that the person's desk is cleared, you know, to make sure that that's cleared before they come in. Um, or it might be just a, a sticky on their, their computer saying, welcome back, or, or whatever, you know, different things for different people. Um, but also very much to work with the person themselves and see what are the barriers physically are perceived are, are what are their fears because there often is a lot of fear in going back you know because they might have you know you know developed a new routine while they're at home and now they have to leave that routine and do all of that routine but fit work back into it as well and um that can be a real difficult thing to to work around oh, I so can. fear is a big thing 
Yeah, I can well imagine that. And you have worked in disability for a long time in that sector, haven't you? And I suppose that background really gave you an understanding of difficulties that are actually there for people. Oh, yeah, I've been in the disability sector for about 17 years now. And I've worked in, in organisations um, to help people find employment. And um, so I was a job coach for about seven years. I've worked um, in organisations in resource centres working with um, uh, adults with uh, learning difficulties. Um, I've uh, worked as, as a tutor and facilitated um, a course, an access course. Um, and then and I spent the, the, the nearly three years in working on the pilot programme working with people on illness benefit to go back to their own jobs. So this is a very specific um, to go back to their own job. It's not a job seeking um, support because there are lots of organizations to help people find a job. My, my soul, um, the, the main purpose of the, the service is really to work with the organizations to bring back their employee. I, I, love, I think that's so phenomenal. And I think your background really has has so much to offer and really weaves very well into what you're doing now because you can see the, I suppose, from a lot of different point of view, you can see it from a disability point of view, you can see it yeah. from, from all the different angles, which is, is, is phenomenal. So this pilot yeah. program you spoke about, Mary, did you do this pilot program on your own? Um, it, no, it was, uh, f there were, I was one of 14 projects and it was funded through a disability activation fund um, for just short of three years. And uh, there were two of us working on the programme and then we had an OT work with us or an occupational therapist for about six months. And it, there, were, there was a number of lead agencies in it. And at the end of the time frame, all 14 projects were reviewed and we um, were very hopeful that the government would say, yes, you know, this is a really valued service. But um, and, and all 14 projects were, were very different. We were quite unique in what we were trying to do. Um, and all 14 projects finished. And I thought, no, this is not going to, to finish. Um, this needs to continue. So um, yeah, and I had gone and I had um, done some courses um, during my time on the programme. And um, so I'm, I'm now a certified disability management professional. So it is um, based on a, a, a programme from Canada. And uh, I just really, I just felt very strongly about it. And, um, I, and I, I feel very passionate that there is a pathway, as you mentioned earlier in, at the beginning, everybody has a pathway back to work. Now, you have to be realistic as well. Some people cannot go back to their own job, but they might be able to go back to their organization and do something different, or they might be able to go back to aspects of their job. Say, for example, a person who has um, multiple cirrhosis, you know, it could be, it's a degenerative condition, and sometimes people can't keep up the, their entire workload. But there's stuff that they can do or they might be able to take on different tasks and um, it's all about keeping the person in their, their normal routine because if you think about it work for all of us is a huge part of our identity but and if it's taken away and you're sick and you're worried about the sickness you know and you know sickness comes on us very unexpectedly so you know it's unexpected it's unpredictable it, you, you lose control of your life so you're trying to get better, you're worried about work, who's doing it, what's changing, you know, can I go back, how am I going to go back, and all of these fears, and you're feeling very, very vulnerable. And uh, from work, talking to organizations, they don't know how to talk to people to prepare them to come back. They just say, ah, oh, sure, look, they're fine. You know, whenever they're ready, they'll come back with their own accords. 
but it's not. I mean, there's there's so much more they can do. They can prepare. They might um, maybe a person might need some reasonable accommodations. Maybe supports put in place. Uh, changes to their workstation. You know, that can all be done. So when the person comes back they're ready they don't feel like oh well, i can't do this and i need help doing that and can we look at this it's all done and it's ready and it's in place so you know there's no time wasted before a person comes back and, and they're connected with work the whole time and they understand and they haven't lost that connection so they understand what's happening and that connection isn't there because if the connection goes then a person's mental health is is impacted and by the time a person reaches six months of an absence 50 percent of people don't come back to work and that increases to 80 percent to 12 months so what's the alternative for them if they don't go back they they might have a condition and then they become you know they have to go down possibly down the route of, of disability or they don't have a job anymore because they're, they're not going back and then it's even more difficult for them to find another job so you know they're they're now unemployed they have this condition that they have to try and manage and if they're the breadwinner for the family and it's all of these stresses and, and pressures that you know could potentially be avoided by just connecting with the workplace and and avoiding going down that route and well, that that's the path. word that you mentioned vulnerability is so huge because i think no matter no matter what it is we can feel very vulnerable and you know you did mention that uh, we have covered maternal mental health as well on the summit because yeah. I think too, you know, everyone, well, if it is a maternal mental health one, I think that a lot of moments, which a story I went through is I lost my mojo. I felt after having two children and being out of the workforce, um, you know, now mine was through a recession as well that I, that I lost my job. But you, like I did have that um, inner saboteur going, well, I've lost my mojo now. And I just, I found it, I did find it difficult to weave my way back. Now, thankfully I did. And I, and I, I went a different route. But I know what it's like to feel that vulnerable. And if it is the maternal health, I know what it feels like not to be able to string a sentence together as a, as a, as a new mom. So that's we a, all do. Yeah. And it's, it's so different then to someone else's journey, as you say, for someone that, that, um, that possibly would have broken their leg, which is completely different, but also mm -hmm. have an emotional and mental health effect or impact yeah. on them. Because mm -hmm. for them, as you said, it's not the same for everyone. Maybe their job was require them to be in standing up in the full of their health so i think that vulnerability is a, is a wonderful piece to touch on yeah yeah and it's also not just the vulnerability of the person themselves um you know part of my reason that i want you know the workplace involved is because if a person comes back say for an example a person who comes back with an acquired brain injury um, they can be quite often a very different type of person when they come back and need supports mm. so they're coming back and physically they might be able to do their job and let's just assume that they can but it's it's their colleagues and their their manager and how are they going to support this person who's coming back quite different and they don't know how they're going to be and how the team is going to support them and they don't know maybe what to say to them or they don't know okay you know they're coming back and are they going to be able for this um and and if they say um you know that they might notice that maybe they're not actually up to it who's going to have the conversation and how is it going to be so if that's all discussed in advance and planned for and the person comes back on a gradual basis to trial well what can i do and what can't i do and what actually are the, the real barriers 
Mm. And what can we do to, to get rid of them or minimize them to a point that a person can continue? And, um, and so that the, the team might be feeling vulnerable and the manager. I mean, I have gone into organizations and it is the manager not feeling confident to support the person coming back with this um, different kind of persona. And it is the manager that has been the stumbling block for the individual coming back. And, and they don't feel supported because they don't know how to talk to this person and how to plan their work day, their, their week. And uh, so it, it's not just the individual, it, it's the workplace, it's, it's everything. And it's the culture of the workplace. And this is really what I want to, to bring home to organizations that it, it's all very well to have a policy and say, um, if you're out sick, Mary's going to work with you and you know, she'll get you back. But if the culture isn't there and it's not open to diversity, inclusion, um, open to mental health, and, and we all have mental health. Some days it's good, some days it's not so good, um, and some days it's terrible. And if an organization is not supportive, you know, they have their policies in place, but if they're not, the culture is not there. There's no point to having policies in place because if, if the culture isn't there and the staff don't feel supported then you know the strategies are completely wasted i heard a really good quote recently that strategy eat, uh, um yeah culture eats strategy for breakfast mm. and um i just thought that's so true because it's very easy to write a policy but it's more difficult but so much more beneficial and uh, and effective if the culture is open to all of this and mental health is at the back of everything no matter what the reason um a person's perception of where they're at how they feel today you know are they afraid to go back um you know what um how are they going to go back and you know organizations do risk management for lots and lots of different things why not build this into the organization and you know organizations are becoming much better at looking at well-being and they've bringing in all sorts of programs and activities to address the well-being of, our, of uh, their staff. But there's very little being done to address the well-being of their absent staff who are hoping to come back. But there's, there's very little connection there. And, and that's why Connect for Work is here, because it's connecting all the parties. It's the employer, it's the employee, it's, it's me, it's the healthcare professional. They're the four people involved in the process. And... Um, and it is just making the connection and keeping everybody connected so that the disconnect doesn't happen, the mental health doesn't slip, the fear doesn't um, start creeping in and, and making a person doubt themselves, which then creates just a, such a downward spiral for, uh, for the individual and then makes it more difficult to go back. Absolutely. Well, that's, um, that's phenomenal. And it's great that, that employers are, are beginning to be more open. And I suppose that's what supporting the conversation is all about. The summit is about supporting yep. these conversations and letting people know of services like Connect for Work, which really, what a phenomenal pathway you are offering to people. Mary, do you work with individuals as well? Or is it, is it more with the companies that you work with? Or do you work with the people that are, like if there was someone that that like is listening to this call that is out of work for a long term, could they contact you or could they speak to them? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. They can, they can, they absolutely could do call uh, if they want. But I, I do prefer to work through the organization because from my time working on the program, I, you know, we dealt with a lot of people and then a lot of instances, um, they didn't want uh, 
the organization involved because they they were afraid to go into the organization and say i'm actually dealing with somebody outside here and this is what this is what i'm trying to do and because the workplace wasn't involved they um they you know they didn't always support what the person wanted so through connect for work and the connection of the workplace and the individual that it makes the whole um the whole return to our process more collaborative and when you have people collaborating and working together and contributing then everybody's more has more buy-in and they have more involvement in the process and it would be more sustainable and mm -hmm. it is safer for the person to come back and uh and, and 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 ongoing it is more sustainable that the person will come back supported and the team is supported to prepare for them and the individual generally speaking you know they they will stay there that's great so yes but individuals can connect contact okay. me and then i would then be asking for them to take my information into the workplace and see if they would be open to working with me yeah i think that's a lovely approach as you say uh, it is better because it's more inclusion and speaking about that inclusion too i suppose if if you talked about culture earlier and if other employees seeing this culture of inclusion of including these people that have been out I mean, that must really create good self-esteem for everyone, for a team, especially if they see how open their employer are, the willingness to connect and to bring them back. So it's a lovely circle, really, isn't it? It must raise the culture substantially, I would say, in my opinion. That's it. That's the culture, because if if a team is prepared to do it for, for me, then I know, you know that everybody and anybody else knows they're they're going to be looked after as well and you know if, if it is me coming back and, I, and i've had a mental health um difficulty and i can go back to my team and i can talk to my team and i can say you know as barbara louise said on i think it was on your first interview you know going back to the workplace and saying you know i'm not feeling okay today and not have to describe the whole nitty-gritty of how you feel but just i'm not okay today i'm not great and every, the team know okay, she's not great, you know, and, um, and or we'll just give her space or we'll maybe take a workload off her or we can just say to her, okay, you're not great. What can we do for you? How can we help you today? Don't mind about next week or the week after. It's yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's the culture that I really want to uh, cultivate in an organization through the, the, the service of supporting everybody. Because it's, okay, the service supports an individual at a given time, but it's the whole overriding culture of the organization to say yes we're open to diversity we're open to inclusion we're open to mental health we're supportive we want our employee back they're valued to us mm. and um and, and and a person will know that and certainly it has so, to have a ripple effect on a person's own individual if i was part of a team and i saw this inclusive culture i think definitely for myself my own mental health my own emotional health health would make it it would always make me feel okay to be a little bit vulnerable knowing that the culture is there to support because i think support is the huge thing isn't it not feeling supported is the opposite, obviously but they're not feeling supported causes yeah. that push and pull and it causes us to pull back rather than connect yes because then if you know you're not going to be supported you're not going to open up about you know, mental health. I give you an example. There was Macmillan um, did uh, the cancer support survey in the UK. They did a survey, and of the respondents, sixty-three percent said that when they did recover and they were in remission, they went back to work. 
63% said that they then found it difficult to remain in work because they were saying, okay, but I've got over the cancer now, I'm back at work, what next? Yeah. And they, then the, the mental health you know, of, of the future for them became so great and they couldn't talk about work because all people wanted to talk in work was cancer. The cancer's gone, that's great, you're fine, you're all fixed and you're back and it's brilliant. But didn't want to talk about anything else. And 50% of those 63% of the respondents went um, went out on sick leave and um, within six months of their going back to work because they couldn't talk about their mental health. They felt they couldn't, they weren't going to be supported and, and found it difficult to talk to us, um, to the oh, workplace. Thanks Mary, thanks for, for telling us that because, you know, cancer is so it's such something that affects so many people i think it's it's a perfect a wonderful example to give us about the support in place for that and i guess a lot of it too can come from people not knowing what to say to someone you know yeah. we know that ourselves and, and possibly afraid pull back because it, we're afraid to say the wrong thing but if we've trained around this support and around the culture and we know that it's okay to talk about it or not if the person has gone through you and the team and they realize well this person doesn't actually wish to speak about it then everyone's on the same singing from the same hymn sheet there's no expectation i guess that's going to be where the person coming back expects everyone to be asking them about something but they're yeah i i just think that's so lovely that everyone knows where they stand almost with the, with the person returning it's phenomenal yeah, yeah yeah but it's also equally important that you know if if you're, um, and I know Barbara Louise and, um, and Fiona and you know, the other speakers that you've had all mentioned about, you know, just saying to somebody, starting a conversation saying, how are you feeling? And I know there's, there's fear around that, yeah. about asking a person because, my God, what are they going to say to me and how am I going to react? And so it's, um, it's a, if you're prepared to start the conversation, just listen. That's and I think we have to remind people don't say anything. Just listen. Let a person say what they need to say. And sometimes you don't need to say anything, but no. just learn to just listen and mm. just sit there and don't be listening while you're you're looking at the computer over there or you're looking at your watch or you're thinking, oh, it's lunchtime now. I, I'm going to go now. Um, yeah. Just listen and just be there for the person at that <laughs> moment in time. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really, that's again part of the culture that it's, you know that people are going to listen and um they're just what did i was i could talk to you for the whole day and and just there's so many aspects to this and um it's great you know, it's highlighting ones that i wouldn't even you know i wouldn't be aware of i wouldn't even think of where a lot of people you know and there's a lot talked about well-being in the work workplace now but from a different angle i think you know i've i've had many people on irish health hour as guests speaking about because i love that topic of um i've had my own issue with bullying in the workplace so but this is different. It's a, this is just so unique as a pathway for, it's another way to look at well-being in the workplace. It's, an, it's a different yeah. way. It so, is. It is different because, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't hear you there. Sorry, Mary, I'm talking over you. I'm sorry. So speaking about that and these trends that it's almost, you know, it's, it's quite trendy to be in, very inclusive now with well-being in the workplace, which is wonderful. How do you see trends in the future how do you see it going, especially in relation to this reintegration of staff that may have been out? Okay, um, I, I very much see work as a health outcome. 
and and that's really what I want to focus on. I want to focus on on a person's ability, not the disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's it's so it's supportive. So I do think that in the future, you know, that I think well-being is going to come in and under the health and safety role. Um, and I think it, because employers are responsible for a person's health and safety, and well-being is a huge part of a person's health. You don't have mm-hmm. health. You know, you, you're not. You you may not be in, in a position where you, your well-being is 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 fully there. So I do think that in the future, well-being is going to come in under health and safety. And actually, at the moment, uh, NISA, the the National Irish Safety Organisation, and Healthy Ireland are running um, a roadshow around the country, and it's a half-day session on talking about the idea of well-being with health and safety. Yeah. Mm. So that's already starting, and I do think in that it's going to become more ingrained and I think you will have, you know, the health and safety champions and the wellbeing champions, I think are going to have to start working more and more together. They should not be individuals. So I think in the workplace, there's going to be more integration of wellbeing and, and health and safety and, uh, and hopefully top down management, um, you know, driving the whole idea of, you know, that um, that it is, is all to be brought together. They're not to be separate in the future. Um, I think a lot of jobs are changing. I think AI is going to have a huge impact on us, um, but we still need humans to, you know, to develop things and to fix things. Um, so jobs that are current now, I think in five to 10 years, a lot of them will be gone, but there'll be new jobs coming along. And, um, and then people are looking for experiences of, of different things. So I think the, the, the workforce is changing. We're working longer. We now have a situation where we have five generations of people from, from the baby boomers to the, the baby boomers, I should say, to now the generation Zs coming in, which are the, the people just leaving college. So you've got to manage expectations right across five different generations. Mm. Um, and I think there's going to be... Each of these uh, sections are such diff- so different, aren't they? Different expectations. Yeah. Um, I love... I love comparing, you know, they're like archetypes and such, you know, different. some come in with all this technology and they're so like, you know, kids are, they know so much, but then they may not have inherited the wisdom from the elders, let's say, you know, Life experience. part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's going to cause its own challenge because you have people coming toward the end of, um, you know, their, their, their career because, you know, they'll be in their 60s. Um, and then you've, as I said, you've got the young ones. So how do you how do you manage that spectrum of um, um, of, of people and and the health that comes with that and the stresses that you know that each different um, age group is going to have. Um, so I, I do think that the well being really is just going to underline so much more because if you don't have healthy employees, then you don't have a business that is going to be sustainable because you know you're going to people constantly leaving there's pressure and it's just a downward spiral so um yeah so i I think for me anyway and my role is going to be very much integrating um health safety well-being and um and hopefully just ensuring that it can be there as a support so um yeah that's where i think it's going to go it's phenomenal. I'm so delighted we actually had this conversation for the summit. I really am because I think it's such an important one and it's such a unique one in a lot of ways as well. You know, it's not unique yeah. for people that have gone through it, I guess, but like it's just, it's a service that's there. So, you know, for people, how can people contact you, Mary? Or 
are you having anything coming up any workshops or do you do workshops Will you let us know how people can contact you and what you can do yeah. for them, yes yeah so um so it's connect for work so it's a connect and then the number four work so connect for work.ie um on the um and my, my contact details my telephone numbers on that um yeah individuals can certainly contact me i'm open to talking and working with organizations on it um i do have some workshops in the pipeline um so i'm looking at uh maybe doing some taster sessions kind of like a one-hour session and just introducing a lot of the topics that we've spoken about here and then there's a six-week um, se um session coming after that which will um, have four sessions with me and then open, leave it open then to two hours where the employer can pick to specifically address maybe specific topics that they're having in the organization. Um, I'm also um, starting some sessions supporting women coming back after maternity leave. So it's just a four hour session, it's a half day session with the group um, before they go back to, uh, to work. And, uh, and just talking about just a very specific challenge is that a lady coming back after maternity regardless of whether it's her first or her her second or third baby every return to pray uh, to work after maternity is different so um so, so those sessions are available as well um and and all, um that the details for that is not available at the moment on my connect for work webpage so the connect for work is just there but the case management side of supporting return to work so connect but it's dot ie that's the link i'll put up for people to go visit i think it's yeah. great and i think that you're definitely going to be expanding in lots of different areas um i can feel it <laughs> so can i <laughs> it's great because it you know there are there are different like the maternal is one area there the physical health there's so many areas that people will will be suffering from as you say an, an illness it's just it's fun it's great that people will have this support now. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Loris. Really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you very yeah, much. I'll stay here forever, I know. <laughs> I'll be back on again for an update again soon. So thanks again, Mary, and uh, look Thank forward to spreading the word about what you do. Thanks a million, Loris. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.